Bam. And we're live, dude. We're okay. live. I can't hear myself, Check. but that's, that's okay. Check mic. Welcome, welcome to the studio. Thanks, bro. Nice rental studio you've, yep. you've checked out here in Kalamazoo. No, man. This is your first time on the podcast. Here we go. So, uh, Fabcaster. Oh, let me let this guy go. Let's be courteous to pay people on the road. Yeah, I just picked up a hitchhiker. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a special treat for the Fabcast crew because, uh, man, Brian, you you have you've recruited me into a wonderful ministry um, of the mission field. We'll just say the mission field to a certain mission, and I, I, I love it, man. God's changed my life since. But let's let's Amen. enough about you. That's let's talk great. about how you right. feel about me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey man, right? You just took no, advantage no, what's, of an what's, opportunity. Bro. What's the saying? Enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think about me? What? <laughs> no. Uh, so, so tell us who who is who's Brian? Who is Brian Davenport? Me? Yeah. Who are who who are you? Tell the people who you are. Um, I start off with small questions. Small questions. That's a deep question. Let's start out with like a megaton drop. Okay. Um, let's start off with something. Let's start out more better. Um, how'd you get so? How'd you get to the point where you're tapping me out in, in jujitsu and I'm like crying for a week because my wrist hurts. And a little bit of pain. And a couple took a couple of years. Yeah. It's okay. How long have you been training jujitsu? About two years. And where? So training over at Combat Club, uh, Jacksonville. Okay. Uh, with Brazil zero two one. Yeah. Is, so is this on base? Is this a military thing? Or is no, this... no, it's just off base. Actually, another chaplain told us about it. He just retired, Chaplain Tim Powell. Okay. Uh, great brother in Christ. And uh, he's like, hey, I'm, my, I'm taking my son. I go do jujitsu. It's good, like old man PT for me. It's like, you should come on out. And I was like, awesome. All right, let's go. And so it my is, son man. and I started going. Um, built good, good connections, good fellowship with people there the gym. Kind of opened up a new area of ministry for me that I never thought about. Yeah. Before uh, I didn't think I'd ever be a person on the mats because you know it's, I didn't really have anything to bring, so I just spent a lot of time on the ground and on the bottom. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're, you're the out. real deal, dude. I've been I've been grappling for years, and um, you've just got the technique down, man. It's it's what I love about jujitsu mm-hmm. is that even if your background isn't in grappling or in or in wrestling. And if you're if you're dedicated, you're on you you log in the mat time. Yeah, you can be very dangerous. That's why I don't mess with anybody, man. That's you never know. Like you could see someone and you're like, oh yeah, that guy's a fact. I could take him, no problem. <laughs> like no, no maybe not. It, it might be like a purple belt or a brown belt. Oh, dude. something like that, or maybe a black belt. Yeah, I don't. Who I cares? Don't, like that. I don't even care the belt. Like if, if you just train. Yeah. So probably the, the you know the that was day. the big thing for me in yeah. BJJ. Uh, it took me a year and a half to go from no belt to brown belt yeah. with the Marine Corps McMahon. Uh, it took two years to go from white belt to one belt up in Jiu-Jitsu. Well, even that's fast. And that, even that's fast. That took a lot of work. That took two yeah. two solid years yeah. of training, and it was good to work through like frustrations and the, the technique and the you know like. I think we all need to be put into our panic places. Yep. So we learn how to trust Christ right there. That's that's what I like about it. Yeah. Uh, it's always putting me there in that next kind of pushing me. In I, that next next kind of way. So 
I remember this corpsman that, that I knew, uh, gosh, what was his name? Doc Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Dude, he was a blue belt. Dude was tapping out. He tapped out a purple belt and a brown belt when oh, yeah. in Okinawa. I was oh, like, yeah. because his professor was like, you don't ask for promotion. I'll promote. I think it was right. Maybe it wasn't Marco Ruas. It was uh, yeah. Marcelo something right. in in, um, in Orange County, California. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I'll tell you when you're ready for, for right. purple. Right. But until then, you just keep wearing that blue. And he was. <laughs> he, he should. Amen. He should have not have been a blue belt. Right. Uh, I love jujitsu. He was training. He was I training. Love yeah. Ready. So so okay. So who am I? Yeah, well, you're 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 a pastor, who has who has picked up jujitsu. How has God used jujitsu? This has been awesome. The last uh, several weeks, uh, we started uh, the ministry there in uh, one of the bases where I'm at. A little bit for the. I don't know how to scoop the chair up. I got the bar. Oh, there it goes. The files are in the computer. There you go. So we started a ministry there called uh, Grapple Chapel. Grapple. Amen. I don't know. Maybe you gave me the idea. I'm not sure. Someone someone planted the word somewhere. Yeah, I think if you spell grapple, um, G-R-A-P-E-L, then you can kind of combine grapple and chapel. So, yeah, we got. I'll show you the flyer if you want. Let's do it, man. And we made a little graphic. It does just that. Sweet. And the P's, the P's, the double P's are actually yep. someone getting triangle choked. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, for the listeners, what's a, I have uh, listeners who don't do jujitsu, what's a triangle choke? Oh, yeah, so. Can you yeah. demonstrate right here? Like, All right, so you get your little foot up like this, and you get your other foot up like that, and you get the arm over, but anyway, basically you're just, sleep. you're taking their shoulder and pushing it into their neck with their arm over. Is it the carotid artery? Uh, yeah, right here into the arteries and the veins. So it's a blood choke. Cutting off the blood flow. Yeah. Yes. Triangle choke's a blood choke. It's a blood choke. Okay. And uh, it makes you go night-night pretty quickly. And how fast uh, does a blood choke take uh, effect? Goodness, that could be like five seconds. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then they're, they're out. Night. It's Good a beautiful night. tool, man. If you've ever, if you've never gone night-night from a blood choke, I don't do it unless you're Yeah. Weak. All so you'd have say, to do is just push it ever right happens, here. you know, you, you definitely, I mean, I had sweet dreams. Yeah. I felt like I was waking up to a family picnic. So I waking up and I saw these faces around me. I was like, oh, yeah, I love you guys. And and it was my Marines on a deployment because one of the Marines choked me out. Yeah, my brother got me in a Dars choke <laughs> oh, in yeah. Hawaii when he was training for the Triple Crown. Uh-huh. And I just remember, I, I remember first my arm went out and I was looking at my arm and it just went, bloop. And I was like, and then I was going next and I was like, oh, yeah. Another, my brother's another example of a guy did no wrestling background but just started getting into it and, and logged into the time and then mm-hmm. um, he probably probably shouldn't be blue belt either my cousin is purple belt now mm-hmm. and I'm like mm-hmm. and I'm like Mr. Miyagi I got JC Penny belt <laughs> Ryan's a beast no man in I got, an hour I got, in an hour training on the mat with Ryan I think yeah I was not on my back all of like three occasions <laughs> in an hour uh, which no, man. I, ever since hours. I got back into wrestling, mm-hmm. then the wrestler in me came out. I thought I thought I had put that in the past, but yeah. it's it's back. It's there. I, I mean, I like it. I like it. I'm. They don't call him R bar for nothing because I have arm bar to lie. <laughs> I'm like uh, Ronda Rousey. I only got one move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's good. So um, yeah. Okay. So, so it's I'm been sorry. good. It's been yeah. good ministry uh, because we're getting into the word. We're doing devotions. Yeah. 
uh, we pray, we do a little safety brief, and then we roll. Uh, we'll do a little technique. Yeah. Um, and we're really tying it in to good spiritual lessons. Yeah. Uh, I'm really thankful to a brother in Christ that uh, I go to a Bible study with him, and it's basically this. It's the same idea. Right. Uh, and Jerry is is a beast. It's uh, so shout out to my brother in Christ, Jerry Rader. Um, he's been doing God's work for a long time. And he's he's faithful. He's patient, and you know, the Lord is using him in some pretty incredible ways in the sure. the grappling community. Yeah. Um, so you think God's doing now in 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 this day in in our in our um, What's it called in our, in our current generation that he's changing the image of godly man from from like Ned Flanders to to like dude there's some there's some good fighters like like you know, Atos Atos yeah. gym in um, mm-hmm. in San Diego yeah. um, what's his name Atos Atos stands for axe yeah. oh my gosh yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. anyways Vitor Belfort it's all right. about Jesus uh, mm-hmm. Rich Franklin right Dude, I follow Rich Franklin on Twitter. He's always quoting scripture, right. posting truth. Right. Um, I think one good thing about it is it's become a medium. It's become a means for people to engage with each other. You can't you can't really bring all the the inhibitions and you can't bring self righteousness to the mats because it gets checked pretty fast. Um, oh yeah. The danger of it is you know people who get good on the mats feel like they have more to say than someone else when it comes to the faith and that's just oh, not wow. so oh wow yeah and yeah in terms of faith right yeah it yeah. doesn't make you more spiritual to be better on the mats it's but it is a great opportunity to yeah. spend time with people that you wouldn't be able to spend time with otherwise so as far as the jujitsu culture or grappling culture or anything right. where there's there's time and grade um right and that, that's a real hard that's a struggle right. I even oh, see yeah. for guys in the military that <laughs> yeah. just because you have a higher rank doesn't mean you have more to say. Doesn't Absolutely. mean you, you have anything good to say. It's a rank is a role. Yeah. I mean, I guess in, in BJJ, the rank is, is something you work really hard. It's yeah. nothing's given to you. It's always earned. But it's but it's um, a culture, right? So we're so we're we're letting people into this culture. So what's a guy to do? Let's just say like, dude, he's been set free. He's got a message to share, but he's just joining a gym and he's a white belt. Yeah. Ver- I love it. Okay. Get really good at tapping. It's a great practice in humility. Yeah. I mean, for me anyway, it's a great practice because I deal with my own frustrations. Like, hey, I'm, I'm, I should be better than this kind of thinking. Sure. Or yeah. um, I'm older than you. I'm more senior than you. <laughs> whatever, you know. But yeah, I get tapped out by a white belt, and that's great. You know, like, how do I take that? Sure. I've seen some guys, like competitions and whatnot they get tapped out by a brown you know like brown on brown or whatever they got tapped out and immediately the guy if, if he's more senior he's like hey you know you really got me good job but let me tell you how i would have gotten you if i'd had more energy oh dude and save like, it brother like you gotta check that like yeah you should you should be celebrating with this yeah let's talk this other let's guy talk, that, dude you know yeah this is your life is not all caught up in how your performance so what do we call that in spiritual terms the flesh yeah (laughs) it's pride it is it is definitely yeah i'm not just pride but it's hubris yeah let me tell you what if i was if i would have eaten right this morning oh yeah 
Oh man, yeah. I smell that. Um, so I'm I'm always looking for the opportunity and thankful for the opportunity to own things. Yeah. God is constantly showing me things, uh, lessons in humility, you know. Sure. Um, uh, actually, a great quote, like someone shared in a retirement just the other week. And I'm very thankful to her for it. Uh, but the quote she shared was, you know, you need to, you humble yourself before the game, otherwise the game will humble you. Mm. And Who said this? Uh, she was quoting a baseball player. Um, humble yourself before the game, or, or otherwise or the, the game, game will humble you. you. Yeah. And that's I mean, good, it's just man. a good lesson. That's like, good. That's truth. I'm very thankful for that, because that's how it is in Christ. Like, people are playing spiritual games, and you put out a strong spiritual posture. Right. But reality, the reality of discipleship will humble you uh, when you get tested, when you get broken, when you get uh, attacked, when you, whatever, and you can see, you can see when the real stuff is coming out. And so, you know, I failed a lot. I squeezed. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm thankful to God because in Christ, I'm, I'm free. Yeah. So, you know, I'm thankful for the losses, too. So, so you're saying... The guy that has something feels like he's passionate to share. Maybe, maybe he's like a pastor who just joined yeah. a, a gym because he, oh, yeah. he wants to be in. There's two of um, us like that at, our, at okay. our gym. There's me and there's there's a brother like he's a worship pastor at his okay. church. And he's just start, starting out in jujitsu. Yeah. He, well, he's got a little bit of time now. He's got maybe a year. Okay. On the mats now. So he's and, in diapers still. Uh, he's strong, strong like an ox, you know. Okay. Um, Dangerous combination, right? Yeah. You can you can definitely do. A lot with strength, uh, but you can do a whole lot more with technique. Oh, dude, it's in jiu-jitsu. I, I, maybe, the, maybe that might be an 80-20 rule. Right. 80% technique, yeah. 20% strength. Some people, some people spend a lot of time forcing it, and it's, uh, you know, kind of like guitar technique. Yeah. You know, you can you can develop real bad habits. You can't force that. And but when you develop those bad habits given yourself immediately you've given yourself limits sure to how well you could be playing if you hadn't had this so there's good spiritual principle there good takeaway like in jiu-jitsu actually in any sport right. you never want to force it right so i mean well, without looking in in spirituality like forcing something that's not there mm -hmm. well, what do you think of just for we're trying to bridge this gap between right jiu-jitsu and, and um passion okay like you try to force the passion or if like force excitement what do you mean what do you like give us an example uh you want to get all like yeah, i don't know maybe pentecostal spiritual <laughs> high kind of thing like Ooh, i'm so high on jesus Ooh. yeah yeah you know but if the if the truth isn't in your heart if the transformation yeah. isn't there that's that can't be sustained because yeah. that's right. just energy coming out in the flesh it's okay uh all right this is gonna get real like I'm in this. I'm in this phase of my life now where I'm like, dude, I don't. I don't see anybody here anymore. I'm talking about in the church, right? And and I'm. I'm. I go to a place where I want to lift my hands and surrender. Like mm -hmm. I'm dying to myself here. Um, I'm gonna be a conduit of love to my wife. I want to be a conduit of love and tenderness and, and gentleness to my kids. So that's where my my mind is when I'm when I'm in a posture of of surrender in a quote-unquote church, mm -hmm. even though I believe we are the church. We don't go to church. We are the church. Right. Um, so what's a what's a guy or gal to do if they're like, 
man, I kind of want to be there. And I know what you guys are saying. Like, I feel like I'm forcing myself. But how do I get there to that, that place of freedom? I think a lot of people are there. So how could we, how could we help them? Get start there? being, start being honest about where you're at. Nice. You know, I, I guess, yeah. you know, the idea from scripture, confess, like confess your sins. Yeah. Like he's faithful and he's just to forgive your sins, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Um, that posture of confession requires humility. Uh, yeah. And not just confess the stuff you think people see, but there's inward stuff from the heart. Um, confess how you think about something. Usually when I'm not really in good fellowship with the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, or with my family, there's there's something there to that. And uh, Confession is a good place to start. Be a good place to start. So, so an example of confession, you mean like them saying, man, I just don't, right. I don't so, feel, I don't feel this. Goodness. Like I'm not excited. Kind of wrestling with that. I wrestle with it too. And, yeah. Um, don't, don't force it. <laughs> I guess like that good idea of good technique. There you go. Yeah. That was the, like trying to make something be more spiritual than it is or make yourself do the right thing. Part of that starts with like just confessing that your heart is is not there. Yeah. Uh, and being clear, like get that stuff out. Uh, trust Christ to do the work in you to make that um, right. Start engaging with I mean, the gospel. Sure. Um, yeah, let's start thinking truth. Yeah, engaging truth. Well, so yeah. I read an article. It was this blog. Yeah. And the title of it was "Why I Don't Raise My Hands in Church." <laughs> and I, he's done. He's already done. I raise my hands in church all the time. Right. No, but but he's. Like, I got a question. Like, <laughs> I got a question. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, but 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 the guy who wrote that article, and I'd love to have coffee with him, or if you've yeah. ever heard this, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to bash anybody. God's not called me to bash anybody. But I but the the tone and the the words in that article was 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 already there's self-defense painted all over it. Yeah. And it, the whole thing was about why well, I don't do this and right. and it was just what's your, what's the real deal here? Yeah. What what are you really about? Yeah. Um, cuz I think when you're yeah, when you're filled with the spirit, when you're filled with truth, you don't write articles about why I don't, don't, don't. Right. It's just the articles about, and here's what God's doing through me today. Mm-hmm. It, so, um, we've been in congregations because we, you know, we yeah. move a lot, be different congregations. Um, yeah. What about the old people? We're like, I haven't done, I've never, this is just how we worship. And it just, let me just be honest, man. It just, it just seems dead. And I'm thinking about where's where's the excitement? Shouldn't be we be excited yeah. in here? Yeah. Like why why is everybody like this? Mm-hmm. Um, praise God through whom all blood. I'm like, dude, don't don't mm-hmm. don't show that to the world because mm-hmm. it just looks dead. Yeah. Why are we, why are we doing this? Well, I don't know. And I mean, part of me, I, I don't care what the world thinks about right the, the church in that way. I, like raise your hands, don't raise your hands. It doesn't matter to me. Like, no, yeah, but it's not, it's not really the, the behavior, but but I can yeah. almost taste it in the air. Like, 
but I think there's something missing here. I think there's a secret treasure in our in our elders, in our older community in the church that us as a younger, or, you know, and younger generations have not tapped into. Yeah. Uh, they need, we, we, I need discipleship. They need discipleship too, but uh, they've been walking, usually they've been walking with Christ for a long time. And part of right. the problem is no one has tapped into that. We don't honor the people who've been walking with Christ. It's like I, I don't walk into a, a gym or into a dojo and not honor the you know the color belts. Sure. You know the they, they like, their dues. They put their time on the mats and right. You know it's we got a lot of people thinking like they've got it all figured out as young Christians and I just I think we got to appreciate discipleship as a decades. It's a marathon. Yeah. Thing and as on fire as you are, Amen, Hallelujah. Um, part of that, you know, like our older older folks in church need our younger folks to reach out to them to be like I want to hear you I want to hear the, your story the older yeah the older folks need the younger folks to reach out to them yeah absolutely okay. like I think one of the best like at Talbot one of the best pieces of advice I got you know I was looking for a mentor and I was okay. told you gotta have a mentor while you're in seminary I was like uh-huh. okay great so how do I go get one and they're like well you go ask them I'm like oh you know, I kind of assumed that, like, if someone's going to mentor you, they're going to come to you and be like, I want to mentor <laughs> yeah, yeah. you. Someone did that to me one time. Really? Anyways, go ahead. I'm your mentor. Yeah, right. Like, oh, really? Not really received well, right? Yeah. I went I went to someone to mentor me. And yeah. as a younger man towards older men in the church, I need to go look for their mentorship. Okay. Uh, and you know what? When you do, this is one of the huge things in my own walk with Christ. When you do, uh, you just start probing, like, opening, they're like a book, man. Yeah. You start flipping through those chapters, and you're, you're like, this, not only, I'm looking at this guy like he's, like, dead and dry and, you know, any, anything, like, you don't know where he's at. Like, you don't yeah. know that he spent 30 years on the mission field in North Korea. Right. Um, really slugging, like, hooking and jabbing, like, sharing yeah. the gospel with people, like, longer yeah. than you've been alive. Uh you don't know that and you know what he feels kind of dry right now because no one's really tapping into that and, and using that yeah that incredible gift that incredible just god has been discipling that man for decades sure and if you miss that opportunity what a shame what a shame what mm-hmm. think of how much in the church you've lost because you just let an entire generation fade away without without opening your own heart to let those people minister to you. Sure. Uh, so I think one of the best things for me was just sitting down with older men in the church and keeping my mouth shut because I got nothing to say. I'm like, I can't say anything to you. Okay. I can just sit here and listen. Yeah. And that's it, you know? I'm like, I just want to, whatever you got, brother, I want to hear it. Sure. Like, keep it coming. And now, are you only, so how does that change with you? You do that with older guys with gray hair. Yeah. Do you, uh, what's your take on that with younger guys? With younger guys, you know, yeah, guys who are younger in the faith or growing or wherever they're no, at. No, no, not right? younger. I'm talking about, we're talking about just biological age. Biological age, yeah. right? It doesn't, or so, so you treat guys that are biologically older as like, man, this guy's got something to offer me. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of like the idea with like we've been doing with Grapple Chapel. I'm looking for ways to spend time with them 
to just create opportunities for them to, for us to build trust okay. with each other, and then we can start talking about the things going on in their lives. Okay. Um, that I think that's the golden opportunity. So this is for, for you're talking about biologically younger men in right. your life, right? You're you're what I'm hearing you say is you, you're more Spend approaching time. them of spending time, with, time with, you. with you so you can tell me about your life, and I can tell them about mine. It's yeah. a two way. It's a yeah. two way street. Um, we start talking, we start sharing our stories with each other. Yeah. And those are the powerful opportunities where, I know you've talked about like exegesis in the ivory tower. Well, that's where exegesis starts becoming the reality. Like the truth of God starts coming alive. Sure. Because we're not isolated. We're not, we're not trying to hold ourselves out alone to make ourselves look like we're all good. We don't need to play that game in the church. I can start just pouring it out, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah. do you, so do you think there's a role for older guys, biologically older, white hair, mm-hmm. to look at young men differently? Like, yeah. I, I know I know the natural yeah. thing is I'm I should older. look at biologically older guys because this is, this is also my culture. Right. Like, old people, like young people don't tell old people what to, they don't mentor them. Right. It's backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but what God's been showing me is in the kingdom of God, there is no, th- yeah. there, there is none of that. It's, it's right. We're children of God. Absolutely. Uh, Be mindful of who has truth, who is free. Right. And latch on to it. So I confession here. Mm-hmm. I typically saw guys that were younger than me as like, yeah. come here so I can mentor you. Um, you have nothing to offer. Pull your pants up. Dude. Right. And yeah. And so God yeah. introduced me to a young man <laughs> in California named Chad. Yep. Who I teamed up with him to take my cousin through a little freedom vision workshop and where we sat down with guys, Steps of Freedom in Christ, um, sitting down for a whole day. And my, my cousin goes, so he's in the purple belt. He's like, right. so you're, you look kind of young. Yeah. Chad goes, yeah, I'm in college, I'm, I'm 21. And I go, I go, hey, to my cousin, I go, hey, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't free until God spoke to me through Chad to help me get there. Yeah. And I know because I trust Chad, you can trust Chad. He's like, oh, I trust you. I was just, yeah. I was just wondering because you look so young. Yeah. And I'm like, man, God totally obliterated that and, and we were able to, to move on. He also helped me with, with uh, you know, another brother of mine who's, who's in his 40s. And the first, and so biologically older men have have trouble with that sometimes. They're like, yeah. wait a minute, this is backwards. You're gonna help me get to freedom, young man. I could be your, I could be your dad. And like, that's so the enemy. Right. So <clears throat> I just so, wonder if God's gonna change that know, in, the, in the church. The way I, I'm, yes. But still, like when you're a younger man and you know or you see there's some kind of struggle or challenge, think about it like I think about it like I love my father. I love I love my father with all my heart. God. I love my father in heaven with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. But I love my father on earth, and part of that is not because I feel I'm better than him or any. It has nothing to do with that. The first start of it has to do with honor your father and your mother, that it may go well with you. I'm submitting to God. Sure. In this role, this relationship that God has given you with my father. 
and I'm honoring and I'm respecting and I'm cherishing all those great things that my father's entrusted me, even though I'm not always certain, I'm not certain like where he's at in Christ. I'm not certain that he's even a Christian, you know? Um, in fact, you know, usually I'm kind of, my certainty leans toward he's not, you know, okay. just, just not there. But yeah. I still love my father with all my heart. Okay. Uh, and he's, he's given me invaluable treasures, uh, life lessons, things that I take with me that, you know, he didn't intend them to be that way, but they're pretty deep spiritual lessons yeah. too. So when you, when you feel like you're in, interacting with an older man, biologically older, uh -huh. um, honor that. Yeah. Honor that. Don't, don't feel like you need to in any way hold anything over them. And if anything, any spiritual truth or, you know, anything, anything like that you're giving is not something that you created. It's something Christ gave you and Christ outranks us all. So, there you is. know, you're just, you're like, you know, yeah, people receive things better when you come, come at it from a position of like honor. Like, sure. Especially people who might be wrestling with, with pride or flesh or something like that. Uh -huh. So another thing that God has given me is is a new perspective that um, I and tell me what you think about this, man. I'm, I think I'm pretty clear on it, but I, I don't see myself as anybody's mentor. Yeah, I see myself as a friend. Yeah, and <clears throat> is this friend gonna let me in? I think that's a police officer. That's okay. I'm okay with not being let in. Um. I don't see myself as I'm your mentor. I see myself as God really wants to love this guy in my life, so I'm going to let him do it. Yeah. And God wants to speak to me through this yeah. guy, regardless of his age, regardless of his rank, regardless of his his status. Yeah. And then it, it's just yeah. it's leveled any any. Yeah. It means really uh, rid me of of some pride that I had before. And when I see an older guy that could be my dad or he could be my grandpa or right. I so I'm looking at him through this lens of I wonder I wonder if you've wrestled with God. I wonder if you walk with a limp. I wonder if you're free. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you're transparent. I wonder yeah. and and so I go there and I just feel him out and so I I know if they if they if they don't want to go there, I'm not I'm not gonna push anybody to, to try to be transparent with their stuff. I just I like hanging out with people, but my heart breaks when someone's painting a false image or especially with theology guys is like if they're, they're so, if they get excited about talking about exegesis, theology, hermeneutics, whatever, then I'm like, that's, that's cool. I know that because I'm, you know, I majored in systematic theology. I majored, I majored in, uh, in, in those things. I, I can talk soteriology, but half of me is man there's something there's got to be something deeper than this comfortable right. language of talking about our favorite hobby which is theology yeah. mm. um, tell me about you I want to know how the Lord's working in your heart yeah so when when a, when a young man or old man whoever doesn't reveal that they're they're testing the waters um, mm. or if they don't want to go there my heart breaks but yeah. usually when I just open up and I'm just talking, I'm just being normal and, and showing what where where God's working in my life, where I'm struggling. Most of the time, I'm just gonna throw out a number out there. I don't know, maybe maybe 
95 to 99% of the time, it's reciprocal. So someone meets that with, yes. uh, it's almost this posture that I can feel like, right. oh, dude, now I can talk about this. Yeah. I mean, it's even, it yeah. happens with my wife when, I, yeah. when I'm completely transparent with something sure. and I go, you know what, I'm really scared right now, but I'm gonna share this anyways. I guess well here it goes. She yeah. needs me there. Yeah. So does God have a defensive posture with you? Does God have a defensive posture with me? Yeah. Um I I don't I'm not I don't really know what that means, but I'm gonna say no. Yeah. So can you explain that? Alright, so like when we talk about the theology and whatnot and the soteriology, yeah. Um one of my favorite books to preach through was was uh sorry not Romans, but Hebrews. Uh and a really good summary passage for the entire book of Hebrews was in chapter 10. Okay. He gives these two megaton statements that he's been spending like nine, ten chapters developing Okay. in Hebrews. And it's all about the perfect work of Christ, the perfect sacrifice of Christ. Uh, and all about the, the, you know, like the great high priestly role Jesus fills over God's house. Uh, so he gives those, he drops those two things, you know, it's like the death of Christ on the cross for our sins, uh -huh. his resurrection life, you know, Christ is actively serving a role towards us and towards God, towards the Father in heaven. Now, uh, like, it's a great picture of how the gospel plugs in and how we relate to it day and day. Um, perfect work for our, you know, pay for our sins and his continual, you know, uh -huh. lordship over us and his representation of us to the Father. Um, and he says because of that, and it's awesome because normally like you expect like a let us blah 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 to be like a commandment. Go do this thing. Mm -hmm. Therefore do this thing, right? Uh, it's, uh, it's subjunctive tense of the word is who cares right subject well it means yeah. it's not a commandment uh-huh you might I don't have to command you to do this thing he says because Christ's work is so perfect yep and because Christ is our great high priest over the house of God let's with total abandon with a fully open heart boldly go before the throne of God <laughs> that means no inhibitions sure nothing held back no defensive posture before God whatsoever yeah. Because God has fully opened that 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 means of access. He's completely opened his door. So yeah, when we practice like opening ourselves up towards others, isn't that kind of what God has done to us in Christ? He's opened up his throne room. Like untouchable, holy, righteous, wrathful towards sin, mm -hmm. loving, perfect, incredible. The God terrifying, you know, the maker of the universe has opened up his holy sure. of holies for us to walk straight in with full confidence, knowing that we are spending our time with our Father. Yeah. Um, so if that doesn't, if that doesn't pump you up like with confidence to be like free, like, yeah. um, that's, that's what you're doing. I think when yeah. you're opening yourself up, you're like, you're mirroring how God has opened himself up to us. Like, right. Um, so putting that on putting that on the deck. Yeah. When I have something embarrassing yeah. to own or to yeah. confess, or let's just say I, I I 
berated my kid. Yeah. And and I, I instantly feel this. Uh, is it too early to say sorry? It's just only been like thirty <laughs> seconds. I think I should wait a little longer. Right. So what I'm hearing when I hear that is God saying, I, "There's I've, no reason I've not to freed go you right up now. to go boldly yeah. before me. You can own this right now, even though it's the fifth time in a row for today." Mm-hmm. Am I getting? That, am I getting that right? Yeah. I'm going. Be, uh, no, I'm going boldly in yeah. confession. Right. And, and repentance right here right. to my kids. So you, your original question was, yeah. is God defensive with me? Right. And I said, I said no. Yeah. Yeah, and then you, you brought Hebrews 10 to solidify right. that he's totally open to He's totally up. ripped that yeah. curtain. You know, that any separation wall there for us in Christ is, we have direct access, immediate access yeah. to the creator of the universe. I mean, if you're timid, like, I don't you know, in the military, if you're timid about going to your chain of command for something, which people often are, right? People hide yeah. stuff from their chain yeah. of command. Um, just think about if you're hiding stuff from your chain of command, how much more so are you hiding stuff, trying to hide stuff from your Father in Heaven? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you know what I get when I, when I think about that, the fact, the truth that God knows everything about me, so I wrestle with Mm-hmm. Then why do I care what anybody yeah. else knows? Yeah. So it's this real, it's this real tension. I think if we're all being honest, mm-hmm. we be, people who believe in God, they would have to believe that an omniscient, that is all powerful, um, um, no, omniscient, all knowing, omnipotent, all powerful, omnipresent, all, all everywhere, God must know everything about me. But I still am scared to let people know what God already knows. So, what's a person to do with that tension? Like, how do you muster up belief that, like, yeah, but I already believe that God knows everything. I'm just really scared right now that they, that I'm about to let somebody know something that God already knows. And so I'm stuck. I'm stuck because I'm like, so you're you're uh, worshiping their opinion. Like but they, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't see it like that. I, in the midst of it, yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I guess I could say. But in the midst of it, I do see it that way. Yeah, I'm terrified of this person's mm. response to me. I'm giving them worship in a way. Right. I. They don't rate. <laughs> they don't yeah, rate see, worship. So you would equate that to to worship. It is worship. Yeah. It's fear. It is worship. Yep. And the same thing, like with the devil, with things, with other stuff. Like if I'm. I just, you know, my son helped me put it, put it in perspective. My eight-year-old, uh, it's like, what is, what's the most terrifying thing in the whole universe? And he's like, super mega black hole, you know? Like, <laughs> wow, that's pretty epic, right? Super mega black hole. Uh, and it's like, what's the super mega black hole terrified of? And he's like, terrified of God. <laughs> you know, like, duh. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's pretty awesome. And, like, our, our, whole galaxy revolves around one of these things like a super mega black hole but one of these things is insignificant compared to the majesty and the might and the 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 holy terror of who god is if i'm fearing that more than i fear and not fearing god yeah like it just it just betrays to my own heart like wow look at this lie i've believed i fear this more than i fear god yeah when I say I'm being open to God, maybe I'm being open to God because I think there's no consequences with God. Mm. That's a lie too. 
God, God's the judge of sin. Like, right. Like, <laughs> if anyone, if anything, any being in the whole universe, you should be terrified. Guess what? The devil himself is terrified of God. James says that he sh trembles. Right. Yeah, the demons believe and they, and they tremble. They tremble. Why don't we tremble? It's because we don't rightly see who God is. Okay. In our, so what does it in mean to heart. fear God? So when we fear God, guess what? That doesn't mute. That doesn't change any of the other true things about God, like right. His love, His holiness, His beauty, His majesty. His well, what does it mean right? to What does it mean to fear God? Afraid. Okay. Like fear, like power, might consequence like mm. God's per opinion of you like uh, scared scared yeah I mean scared okay like if any being in the universe should make you truly scared scared for your life yeah. scared for your very being it should be God okay because he would be the only one that well, truly rates that yeah well I mean what is here he can take us out Jesus said it like that you know like he was like don't fear the one who could kill your body. Fear the one who could kill your body and throw your soul into hell. Yeah, he did say that, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, okay, great. Thanks, Jesus. But yeah. guess what? This is also the same being that that sent his son to die on the cross for my sins. Yeah. He's paved the way to, to, to satisfy his own wrath, to open up that, 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 direct access directly to his presence yeah. with full confidence knowing that he is welcoming me in in Christ I have no doubts or anything and why am I afraid of this person yeah. right in front of me yeah. this is another person who's in the same boat as me maybe they got a few more years on, on planet earth than I do but we're in the same boat in a lot of ways There, there was a saying from the Puritans yeah. that, um, and I'm going to butcher this, but it was yeah. something like, because the Puritans feared God, they feared no other man. Yeah. And because men do not fear God, they fear all other men. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. Well, that's a, a good point. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I guess the question is for those wrestling with this now like why do I fear so much why am I so scared to let my spouse know something about me to let yeah. my friends know something about yeah. me to let my community know what I, where I'm really struggling yeah I, I fear so, them yeah I think well and I think the I answer is I fear them. them I worship them and the reality is this is the more scared just the more shocking truth is I just realize I don't fear God yeah that's why I fear the man yeah that's scary yeah I think about it all the time, like when I'm, when I'm praying for myself and I'm confessing something, I go, you know what my real issue is? Mm. Oh my gosh, I worship somebody else that's not God. Yeah. Like I'm giving them more reverence, giving mm. them more respect than an oh God. And mm. There's this story of these two, uh, this this high school couple, and uh, they, they come to the youth pastor to confess that they've they've been in the car doing something all night and um, hmm. youth pastor responds and says oh yeah I know somebody's somebody watching you guys all the time and they freaked out they're like, what what and he goes yeah God and then they go oh God okay we thought we thought you meant like somebody 
And so I was like, yeah. that is yeah. such a real Absolutely. response that those kids gave. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the truth Damn. for all of us? Like, Absolutely. What? Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I thought you meant like a real person. There's so many, there's so many lies and just habits and there's so much sin, things in our own hearts that we carry around that betray our own lack of trust and betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. In God and trust in his provision. Uh, I know like for myself, I struggled with pornography for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the real, the real end, the curtailing of of pretty much 99.9% of that struggle yeah. was uh, trusting in God's provision yeah. for me. Like okay. looking to God. I'd, I'd been running to other things and trying to fill myself up. And I guess I'd been running to that thing as like a secret means. Like I'll spend myself here and fill myself up there with no one looking. Right. And nobody's looking, yeah. Right, and yeah. there was—you could see it right there, you know. And yeah. it started with confession, like being totally open with mm. my wife. And dude, let's talk about that. Like, yeah. So I know, okay. Um, and anybody who is, because this is not a guy. This is not an isolated guy yeah. struggle here. Mm. So we'll just throw everybody in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, what? Why would you? Why would you tell her? What's that for? Is that for like, right? Just be free of it. Don't don't hurt somebody else. What do you, <laughs> how do you respond to that? My response to that is you've already hurt them. Mm. You just haven't told them yet. So should every the damage body. has already been done in your heart and in your relationship. Yeah. It's a very real thing. You betrayed that confidence in your wife and or your spouse or um, you betrayed that confidence before God if you're single. Yeah. You know, um, by looking to some other provision that he hasn't provided to you. And another big part of that in terms of the provision was was when the light bulb clicked, like, God is perfect. The things he provides for me are exactly what I need. Yeah. Anything I go to, go to to fill myself up with outside of his provision yep. is always subpar. By definition, yeah. it is less than satisfactory. Yeah. It is perverted. It is whatever, and it won't it it won't meet the real need. Yeah. And I guess it was just it was like an aha moment. Oh, that one might not be dead. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Roadkill. Redkill. Uh, aha moment, like. I've been satisfied, I've been settling for less. Yeah. For my whole life. Yeah. And it's time for that to stop. It's time for me to, to, to truly embrace what God has, has provided and meant. Yeah. And in my particular that, that, that place. God has provided in, what'd you say? Has provided in, in him. this, in him. Yeah. In this circumstance. And. Uh, I know the circumstances change, and so God's provision, like the particulars, change, right? Mm-hmm. But it's always sufficient for us in our need. Um, yeah. A day may come when, like, that means 
know, suffering in in different ways that I don't want, and I don't look forward to that. But I know that God is. I know that Christ is sufficient, and I. It really, really helped me to read a book from um, a couple books actually, like from Tim Keller. Okay. Uh, one of them was Prodigal God uh, as yeah. a spiritual yeah, leader. Yeah. Yep. Tell me about uh, that. That's not, that's on my list. Yeah. Uh, so Prodigal God, like big takeaway, Jesus gives this story about the two sons and one of them, you know, we know like the prodigal son, if you've ever heard of that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the other, the big brother, uh, the self-righteous brother, I guess you could say, but yeah. I mean, I love the way the story ends. Keller brings it home, uh, in a lot of different ways, but one in particular that struck home with me was the spiritual attitude we carry around uh, of you owe me. And I see that's, if we want to talk in terms of technique. The other son. Yeah, the, yeah, the older son. Like he did all the right things all the time, but he carried around this attitude. He did the right things, quote unquote, with an attitude of you owe me, father. He's in bondage, man. He yeah, was, absolutely. He was in bondage within the law, and the other son was in bondage. Right. Outside so, of the law. I mean, I guess the point was like both sons were e- totally estranged from their father's heart. That's right. And Jesus shared the parable. He shared that parable not with the younger son type people. He shared it with the older sons, which is why he ends it on a cliffhanger. Mm. He never tells them what the older son does yeah. after the complaint because he was pitching it to him like, what are you going to do, older sons? Yeah. Yeah. And God, you owe me. Yeah, I racked up. That's yeah, exactly what these people were doing. Yeah. Like they were following the law. Like yeah. they were taking it back for yep. you know a good cause. Like, let's speak to the kid that grew up in church. Yeah, I, I haven't had sex before marriage. <laughs> I haven't done any drugs. Right. I. I. And, it's great. And, and, I, amen. I'm following yeah. you about that. But why you, haven't you blessed me in this? If why, you yeah. carry the attitude in your heart around like you owe me. Like, that's a good indicator to me that right. I want God's stuff, and I don't want Him. I just want His stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that that was the wrecking part in that. Yeah. Um, that's the younger son, and the, yeah, that's both of them. The other was kind of a history perspective in another book he wrote called uh, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. Yeah. And uh, it brought up a really good perspective uh, for me, um, how the gospel and, and people following Christ, how the gospel enabled Christians from the very beginning to do something that was totally absurd to everybody else. And it, it was this, this perspective that people had on, on Christians then that I think in large parts, at least in, in this context, we've lost a grip of like, the world doesn't look at us this way. It was this, the perspective was this, uh, you suffer better than anyone. Okay. We should be known yeah. for that. Yeah. As a believer. We suffer well. We suffer well. We and not, die well. We die well. Yeah. We suffer well. And not just a lot, but we yeah. suffer the way that we suffer. Like people in the world all over suffer a lot. And a lot of times in their own self-righteous causes. Yeah. You know, they do more than I do. They they fast better. They they pray harder. They run faster. They yeah. you know there's a whole lot of better. But you know, because of Christ, there should be no reason why we don't suffer better than everyone. 
because Christ is our, I mean, he is our, he is my satisfaction. He yeah. is my need. He is my joy. Uh, I'm complete in Jesus. And when the gospel clicks for us as believers, it enables us to suffer better than anyone. Mm -hmm. uh, you see that picture with, um, it's, um, it's a, <laughs> where do Christians run when there's, when there's a plague? Where do they run when there's a plague? Yeah, well, it's kind of like the idea. Where do Marines run when there's a fight? Towards it. They run towards it. Yeah. Where do Christians? Where do Christians run when there's spiritual warfare or a plague or suffering or pain? Yeah, uh, typically, you know, like this guy and, and a lot of well, people I know. Wrote right. It. People who are enslaved to their yeah. sin, they run away from pain. Yeah. The people who are free in Christ can run toward the pain. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what we like offer. That. Like. I like that. We run to the fight. We don't have to run away from pain anymore. Yeah. We went through a hard time a while ago with um, with a suicide, yeah. and it was hard. But I just I noticed right away, like I was looking to God's provision in that time, okay. in particular, and I, I noticed in my own heart, like I wasn't wrestling with that then, like I'd wrestled with the same thing in previous previous years. Um, I was looking to God. Uh, goodness. In a way, I was, I was ready to see how God would be working. I was excited because I know that He is. Um, when I see, when I see those trials kind of not, you know, picking up, like I'm not fearful of them. I'm not worshiping them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just thankful that God is opening my heart to see, like, uh, it's not about me, but it's, God is sufficient. Yeah, he is sufficient, yeah. And, yeah. Isn't that the, the antidote to every single idol in our lives? And I'm ready for a fight, I guess. Yeah. I guess that's what I could say, is like, I'm ready for a fight, like, spiritual fight. Sure. Uh, and I'm very thankful. So, so what's a spiritual fight look like? Uh, it looks like where's where's the enemy where's the enemy working right now? Yeah, that's right. That's where Christ has called me to be. Okay, let's attack. So can we talk about can we talk about um, a spiritual encounter we had this morning as mm. we we're <laughs> yeah yeah let's talk about that <laughs> let's talk about that we'll, oh, we'll wrap it around don't let me forget yeah I want to I want to end this segment with um, don't let me wriggle out either. Well yeah I want to end this segment with just just a straightforward how guys can be free from porn addiction. Yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll circle around that, but... Okay. So we're, so we're... Because I have no script here, man. There's never a script. We just we just go with what, with what comes to our minds and what God puts in our hearts. Sure. So we're, we we meet at like 6-something this morning, 5... I was on the road by 5... Right. 5.45-ish. Right. Got to, got to your place about, you know... We started running on the road by 6, and so we run by this guy who's, who's got a... Sign. Got, yeah, he's got yeah, a sign that says "We'll wrap for food." Yeah, we'll wrap for food. He's got a yeah. hat that says 420 on it, and oh, yeah. you know that's police lingo for um, smoking weed or is it possession? I mean, he's, I he's smoking weed and yeah. the way he was wearing it. And then I see him, and I'm thinking God's already changed my vision for people. Like you're valuable. Mm -hmm. That was my first thought. I was like, you're valuable, mm -hmm. but I didn't have any. 
I didn't, I didn't have any inkling to, to run past them. We actually ran on the other side of the street. Mm -hmm. We do our stadiums, mm -hmm. which was awesome. <laughs> it was it up jelly, man. I love stadiums, man. Whew. We come back, and then all of, a, all of a sudden, on the way way back, he's right behind us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what did he say? What did he say? Yeah, he... he uh, do you remember what he said? I don't know. Oh, you guys got, you guys got any money? And I was like, man, hey, bro, I don't have any cash on me. That's yeah. right. I'm looking at my pocket, like, I don't have any cash. It's like, I'm, I'm looking for food. He's like, you got any money? I'm looking, I want to get some yeah. food. Right. Oh, that's what it was. It was, and yeah. He responded with, like, let's oh, go eat. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's go eat. Which We're is going the right somewhere response. right now. Like, Which is the right response. Um, so we start hanging out. We bring him, we're at a, mm -hmm. we're at a, a missionaries, pastors, chaplains breakfast. There's about 20 of us there, mm -hmm. and we're like, "Dude, let's just bring this dude to breakfast." Man. Yeah, be yeah. awesome. Amen. People, people get to put their money where their mouth is and, and and love on someone who's struggling. Yeah. And from our perspective, it's a, there's no for me for me there's no such thing as addictions. Mm. It's spiritual strongholds is the language right. we should be using. Mm. There's no addiction. It's a spiritual issue. It's. It's the enemy putting in his mind of, yeah, you need to drink this to feel yeah. good about your, to drown in your, oh yeah, drown your problems away. Mm -hmm. You need to get high because, because uh, you need to escape. And, and God's like, actually, you can get drunk in the spirit, and yeah, high on me, and you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. So we take this guy right, <laughs> and um, I just confession right. Yeah, I'm thinking, oh man, I don't know where this guy's been. Is he dirty? He looks dirty. His shirt's yeah. dirty. Yeah. Do I want to shake his hand? Yeah. I'm um, so all kinds of thoughts from that that were from the enemy that I, that I, that I had mm. to arrest those things and be like, dear Jesus wants to love this guy, and and I, I want to get on board with with um, Jesus. You're allowed to 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 show him love through me today. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Yeah. So I shook, that's, that all happened in the 30 seconds before I shook his hand. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, life flashed before my eyes and, and I'm like, come here, dude. And then, uh, I thought it was hilarious that his, that his sign was, we'll rap for food. And then you go, <laughs> you go. Yeah, that's rhymes. Let me rap for you. It right. So actually, I, I want to play that. Oh, goodness. I, I want to play that. All right. Or we could just wrap it. Yeah, now no, if you no, want. no, 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 no. I'm gonna play it. We'll hit break here. You guys listen to it, and we'll come back. Okay, yeah. so that was the wrap. Uh, it was hilarious that you started off with you, you give him, you no he, you rap first about um, dad life. It's you can look yeah. it up on YouTube. Yeah, dad life. Dad life. It's and awesome. then he, I only catch the very end of his rap. Yeah. And then we go to breakfast. Mm-hmm. And we're eating, and I'm really feeling, um, I'm hearing what God wants for him today. And it wasn't necessarily to receive money or to receive food or receive a yeah. hug. It was for him to give up something that he found his identity in. Mm -hmm. And it was it was the, the hat that said 420. Yeah, do we have which, that in here? Which, yeah, yeah, it's right here. Ha bam there we go. So like, we sort of gave it away right there. I was gonna, the punchline is that uh, it was on my heart like, well, Ryan, you didn't let him know because this guy had scripture in his mind and, and we'll play for the, you the other the other freestyle that he did. Yeah, it was good stuff. Um, yeah, it was, it was real good. Yeah. I, might, I might do that in, a, in a, just a, a separate episode in and of itself. Mm -hmm. But 
he spits this rhyme and at the end it's it's like if the the sun sets you free you're free indeed and, and I'm like what mm-hmm. so he's obviously drunk yeah okay and um I hope he listens to this message because yeah you got him a phone at the end is he gonna listen to I hope he listens to this message maybe but um I'm hearing that I'm hearing well this guy is this guy's got got the Lord in him he's got some scripture in him mm-hmm. oh my gosh he's just bought into a lie so throughout the breakfast I'm thinking I know exactly mm-hmm. what I gotta do mm-hmm. when he says something that's a lie I take that thought captive and I make it obedient to Christ I think that's what that first Corinthians passage means is we're taking thoughts captive of, of other people yeah because that's what Paul's doing to his to his enemies mm. so I'm taking a thought captive he's, he's like oh, well first I ask him what, what do you want to be free from what do you want? Yeah. And he said, I want a poverty. wife. Poverty was the first thing. That's right. I want money. I want a wife. I want a job. And yeah. I go, that's too low, man. Yeah. Shoot higher. Mm-hmm. Ask God for something much greater. Yeah. And then he sort of had this breakdown of, I just want a relationship with the Lord. And I'm like, dude, this guy's it. So during breakfast, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, yeah. every time he says a lie, I'm going to meet it with the truth. Mm-hmm. And I go, Dude, you've already been delivered from alcohol. Because I knew you had been drinking. You've been delivered from alcohol, and you've been delivered from smoking weed. Because I knew that that 420 had, you know, I knew he was getting high. Yeah. I go, the only reason why you would do it again is because you chose to believe a lie. That you need this, that you're addicted to this. These are strongholds. Jesus broke down every stronghold. He broke every chain. He's, he's the true bondage breaker. So I'd speak truth into him, and at, and at the end, I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going <laughs> to, I think God has already shown you today what you, who your identity is, what your identity is, and it's in him, and now he wants to change the image that you portray about yourself, and that's that you smoke weed, and God's going to change that image today. So if you want, I will swap out, I'm going to get you, and I'm going to walk across the street and get you a new hat. Yeah in exchange for your for the old hat yeah so i run across the street i find a shirt from a booth from a from an exhibitor booth like, <laughs> the dude wasn't around i was like lord this is like taking the donkey yeah <laughs> like taking the donkey yeah <laughs> the lord's okay with this i i ganked that shirt Boom. took that shirt took a towel mm-hmm. and i saw a hat and the exhibitor was there and i go i want to how much for this hat and he goes it was a gospel hat with the with the colors on it the, the, yeah the, the, um, the gold to symbolize heaven the black to symbolize death the um, the red to symbolize the blood of Christ and mm-hmm. the white to, to symbolize blameless and spotless and the green to symbolize new life in him mm-hmm. growing yeah he said I'll tell you what I'll give you that yeah I run across and that was when I felt you were with him Rob had already paid for his breakfast yeah filled his belly and, and I was like yeah man let's um all right, ready for the exchange? So yeah. put on the two new t-shirts because I accidentally grabbed two. And then, and I felt, I felt the, the warfare happen right there. It was almost, I could hear this like yeah. ding. Yep. I could hear a ding in my mind that, that, okay, the fight's on. And I saw the look in his eye. I'll go, here we go, bro. Here's, here's the, here's your new, here's the new image of you and here's the old one. And he was like, uh, and he wouldn't let go of the hat. Yeah. And he said, uh, uh, this is a new hat, man. And I go, <laughs> and, uh, and the wrestle for the hat, 
Yeah. And then he, and then I felt just like the enemy leave him. It was like, I was like, ah. Oh. And then he gave over the hat. He put the new one. I gave him a bro hug. And then, and then I knew I was done at that point. I had yeah. looked in my heart. I looked up to the father and said, Father, are you pleased? And he said, Yes. Mm. And then I was done. Yeah. And I knew that, I knew that was that was all I had to do. And I usually don't give out my phone number, but I but I but I offered it that day, and um, I pl- I put in a plug for we will find you a local church and get you a sponsor in an AA program because I believe God works through AA. Yeah. In in most cases. Mm-hmm. In most cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was a cool story. So what were your what was going on in your mind through through that exchange? The watching this guy give up his hat. I don't know, I guess some some doubt mm-hmm. about, I know, you know, like someone comes up, like just the other week, someone came up to me with the kids there and they were asking for money uh, for a meal and said I don't have any cash, anything like that. And, but then the idea occurred, I was like, you know, I tell you what, I'll go get you some food. And they refused, like yeah. they refused pretty staunchly, like, and then they pulled off, like they, yeah. they were in their car, the car was yeah. running everything, they just pulled out and left. It's like, well, yeah, they know, said, that kind of tells said, me. Hey man, you got any money? Yeah. No, but I'll give you food. Oh, forget that, man, I'm out of here. They wanted, I mean, what they said when they first came up was like, I want money to feed my kids, my kids can't eat. And I was like, yeah, I'm all, I'm all about it, I'll give you food to feed your kids. Right. You know, I'll buy you a bag of groceries. Even I'm not going to give you cash because there's no accountability with the cash. Uh, you just go use it to I, I don't know you kind of thing, you know. But um, I knew when they refused it, like they didn't want money, they didn't want food, they wanted what money gets them yeah. without accountability. And uh, yeah, this wasn't good. So I was kind of skeptical, you know. Uh, that's why I, I told my brother I was like. You know, come on, like, we're going to eat now. Like, why don't you just come and eat with us? Like, that'll be great. Like, um, we'll spend time together. We'll get to know each other. It won't be like cold turkey, you know? Yeah. Um, and he threw out that. some great rhymes. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's, he got a gift. I mean, I, I memorized stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I can call it up from memory because I did it by rote. But it looked Dude, like I want to play the, I want to play the, the, what he wrapped in the restaurant. Yeah. That one. We'll play that right now. And, you know, like, that's just an incredible, incredible rhymes to just pull out of your pocket. And they've got truth, it's got scripture, it's got... You can't make that stuff up. No, you can't. It's it's there in your heart. And uh, I, I still got to confess, I kind of wear them at now, you know, I'm, I'm chewing on it. Um, yeah. Like you, Ryan, you look and you're pleased with, you know, you're confident the Father's pleased in, in your... In your your heart, your actions, and everything. And me, my actions. I think I was doing the right thing, but in my heart, I, I wasn't rejoicing in what God was doing. And I, yeah, I just kind of pointed out some. It pointed out some things in my own heart. Like I do stuff to push people away sometimes, and I'm not. I'm not overtly doing that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm subtly doing that. You know, it's kind of like the tap tap when you give someone a hug. Yeah, you know you're like, oh yeah, I'm all about hugs. But then you do the tap tap because you're like, I'm done hugging now. 
Yeah. It's time to stop hugging. Yeah. <laughs> stop touching me. <laughs> yeah. So I think in a way I was, I was, you know, trying to push yeah. distance myself. So your confession is because you, you haven't mentioned it. I, I will mention it. You, you, he was asking to get us to get a, a cricket phone. Oh yeah, yeah. So so you, so you bought him one. Yeah. And what you're confessing is like, dude, I, after this. Part of that may yeah. have been just me trying to fulfill my obligation. Yeah. Uh, or just, you know, I, I've, yeah. Yeah. You know, like. And I so appreciate that. Your honesty right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's, so yeah, there's some things to wrestle with still there. I. So yeah, just, maybe say a prayer, you know, if you, if you hear it and, and just trust that, you know, God's teaching me lessons about this still and. Sure. He'll, he'll teach you about it, you know, wherever wherever your heart's at, too. Um, I just love how, it, and, and people who have been listening to me for a while know that God's been progressively moving me along in the area of seeing everybody as equal value mm-hmm. because the blood of Christ paid for everybody. That was the price paid for everybody. So right. everybody's worth mm-hmm. the blood of Christ. And then two, he's got me out of my comfort zone. Like I can hug a homeless guy with a dirty shirt and I'm yeah. okay. Yeah, I mean, for a wrestler who's consumed more germs and bacteria <laughs> than mostly anybody yeah, yeah, in the yeah. room, and a guy who used to like in college when I was wrestling, like we used to lather up with soap and then slide across the the, the men's bathroom. Like I shouldn't be afraid of germs, <laughs> but the enemy tried to creep that into my mind that I, that I had awesome. something to be afraid of. Yeah, and then even more so that I couldn't have a homeless guy in my car because he's dirty or something like Mm -hmm. those were all lies Mm -hmm. so god's redeeming that part of me now where it's like dude that that don't matter you can hug this Mm -hmm. guy you don't have to run away when people are smoking Mm -hmm. by your kids usually i'm I'm like making a scene and like cover your mouth like right no dude they'll be fine yeah (laughs) (laughs) wow it's such a silly yeah deceptive thing to think that someone who smokes or has tattoos or mm. drinks is, is not yeah. a believer or not yeah. of value and I, I think I would much rather hang out with a drunk guy than someone whose best prayer is yeah. thank god I'm not like that drunk idiot over there mm. you know someone who really hit home on that lesson I was listening to uh, the person that worked in the mission uh, with her was Mother Teresa oh yeah not just that she spent time with the needy and the homeless and the suffering but how she spent time with them. Okay, how did she do it? She loved them, you know? She cherished. She, you could tell God had really given her his heart about how to see those people. Yeah. Um, She wasn't doing it out of a sense of like, I'm better than you or self-righteousness or let me pick you up out of your, because some of those people, like there was no making their circumstance better. Like like Calcutta? Oh yeah. yeah. It's, um, but she was just loving those people as God loves them and right. uh, being with them in their suffering. That's right. You know, like feeding, one, the one that stuck out to me was um, feeding this, this quadriplegic uh, girl who couldn't feed herself because it would all dribble out. And, you know, like, and not feeding her like she's some kind of object or you know, you're just putting food into yeah. this organism. Because that's kind of how it might feel there, but but really interacting and 
and spending time and having a great conversation with this person, even though they're physically, they're not able to talk with you in that place. And that, I mean, that was, was like, woof, beautiful, you know, like, how different is any other person than that? No, and, and her attitude was, get your own Calcutta. Yeah. <laughs> right? She also said something that I'll never forget. I heard a quote when I was when in college. Is, um, she, Mother Jesus said something like, I don't, I don't pray for God to make things clear. I, I step out in faith. Mm. Something like that. I'm mm. butchering all my quotes today. Mm. Mm. Oh, <laughs> the guy that owns Atos Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. Is is uh is uh oh my gosh, I just had it. I lost it again. Hmm. Andre Galvao. Oh. Andre Galvao, yeah. Awesome. Yes, I didn't forget I didn't want to disrespect <laughs> Atos in San Diego, that's the place to be. And then also the Mendez bros, man, like mm-hmm. um, the art of jujitsu yeah. in Newport Beach. Yeah. Oh, these guys are always talking about their faith. Yeah. Always, mm. and um, so I really hope that the hashtag fear generation thing takes takes off. Mm-hmm. That that people fear God, and because they fear God, they don't fear any other man. Mm-hmm. They don't fear the dark. They don't fear any other situation. They don't fear any things, any inanimate objects. Right. Because they fear God. Yeah. Okay. So let me let me wrap this full circle now, man. Okay. Um, how does a person? And our woman overcome porn addiction, and, and in my language, the spiritual language, the stronghold, the idol of thinking they need to look at pornography, or tearing down the the, the belief that ah, this is not hurting anybody. How do you find freedom from this thing? Stop. Stop looking to something God has never provided for you. Uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, I guess you know, for me, it was uh, just stop. That's kind of weird to say that. That sounds completely inadequate, but no, that sounds um, that sounds legit. It hit, uh, and I've I've heard other like non-believers, non-Christians, and whatnot talk about like, oh, I just stopped. Yeah. Like, wow, that sounds for someone going through a struggle with pornography. That sounds like the most alien thing in the world. That's like, right. No, you don't just stop. Like I can't control it. No, like for me, it was there was there was an ownership of like it started with honesty, like the confession. Like no, I'm actually looking to satisfy to fill something up when I'm doing this. Right. And being honest with God about what I'm looking for. And I guess actually a huge part of that was making my stop stop hiding from God right and start bringing God invite not invite start talking to God about where you're at right now I spent so much time trying to look like I was right with God uh, and I wasn't being open and honest with God and with others about where I was at right now so um like I, it's, I guess in a, in a way it was like confessing to God like God I want to look at porn right now yep. and and also being honest with the reason why like I feel drained I'm empty like I'm struggling and I, I want to look to this and 
being honest with about what I'm looking for and I'm doing that because I want to know that I'm loved. I want to know that that someone actually would be there to embrace me and I was, it like hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like, who has embraced me more than anyone? Yeah. But Christ. Right. And, but God. And, no judgment. You no know, condemnation. If I can boldly go to his throne, why am I not bringing these things? And so it was an open book. Like, I can start talking about God, or talking talking to God about my struggles. Yep, with others, with others too, and bring with them in wife. the conversation. They yeah. need to hear it too, right? That's right. Um, and then your wife. Yeah. So that led that led to a you know a good conversation with, well, not just a good conversation, but many good conversations with my wife. Um, something we we work at continuing. Um, nice. Just be an open book. With each other. That's right, man. Uh, what a, a lie right. to keep secrets. What a what a just an absolute yeah. lie that it's safe and okay to have some sort of secret yeah. in, in a divine institution mm. called marriage. It yeah. doesn't belong, man. What's well, you know? I, there uh, there was a book I used for counseling uh, by Dave Carter. Okay. He's a pastoral counselor there at uh, EV Free Evangelical Free Church in Fullerton, California, and okay. um, he uh, brings up the the point of like even even adultery like like a one night stand kind of thing or like even once like looking at porn like uh, until you start exposing those things and putting the light of truth in there, putting the light of Christ in there, like expose those things to the truth of the gospel. Uh, yeah. Until then, there's a, there's, by definition, there's just a void, there's a barrier in intimacy between you and God, and when there's a, that barrier there, there's a barrier in intimacy between you and your wife. That's right. And, uh, yeah, this effect, when this relationship is affected, then this one. Absolutely. The horizontal is affected as well. Sweet. Well, this is just the big test out. Like, I don't know, you share your story on, I don't know where you put these things, Ryan, but... On the World Wide Web. On the World Wide Web. Like, <laughs> guess what? That's like inviting challenge. Uh, yeah. By God's grace, I'm looking forward, I look forward to a fight. And, and it's also letting the world know, dude, this is what's really going on under the hood. Yeah. These are spiritual issues. And, and we're here, we're called to the ministry of, of exposing lies and bringing in the truth. Yeah. I, it's easy to see after a while. I know one of the lies people bring up. They're like, "Not, yeah, I know you. Kind of like Jesus ran into when he went home, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, we know you. You're the carpenter's son. Yeah. Like, well, I run into that too, you know? Yeah. Like, go home and like, we know you. You're my brother. That's you're right. You're my sister. You're my, <laughs> you're that, that, that squirmy little kid who used to cuss in Sunday school. <laughs> like, yep, that's me. That's right, man. And this that's is right. what, this is what Christ has been doing. I hope the church adapts more of a of a of a style like like they have an AA or NA where if you walked into an AA meeting you said I know what you guys struggle with they would just laugh. <laughs> they would laugh and they go yeah. you want a seat <laughs> you do that in the, in, a, in a local religious building or a, or a oh, church yeah. or synagogue oh, go, yeah. I hope he doesn't say something about me it's like how Jesus wrote this just boom yeah like what did he write you know what? That is so freeing. Like, one of the things that came from that, yeah. it's like, 
I shouldn't I be rejoicing when righteousness prevails? That's like right. so when someone exposes right. my sin, thank God you shouldn't I be glad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, Finally someone did it. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm and not for my sake, but when we love what God loves, doesn't God love when righteousness is made known and prevails and, and is, is, you know, preserved oh, man. and yeah. held up? Yeah. Like, struggle with that with, um, with brothers who've got, are in leadership roles. Like, they struggle with um, when people accuse them or attack them for things. Yeah. Like, they're the immediate like thing is to be defensive right. and Defending to protect itself. yourself and like maybe I did that maybe I didn't I'm like oh, maybe I don't see that you know like yeah we practice fear in that way like what if we were glad when the truth was made known about us we don't have anything else to hide that's right um, whatever that may be yeah glory to God that's right so and if I'm hiding anything, may be exposed, whether by my will, God prompting me by and me getting on board, or or someone just blowing the roof off some kind of some kind of uh, hidden secret that I have. I I welcome that. Yeah. And I welcome I and I surround myself with friends who can spot it from a mile away and say, Hey, dude, let's talk. Yeah. And and but anyways, dude, this has been a good this has been a good talk, man. Sorry Love for going so long, Ryan. Man, yeah. I don't even know where we went. We went to. Uh, we, we must have drove like a hundred miles or something. No, you don't no, I wasn't good. No, it must have been like you seventy. Of, you got lots of stuff 70. in your tank there. Sweet. Is... All right. Talk to you later, Fabcasters. Love you guys. Peace.